0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Without a healthy mind, being happy is hard. Visit betterhelp.com super and see if online therapy is for you. Hey, brother! Guys, we have talked before about the Pokemon Company's most forgotten Pokemon, Paris, and their most ignored Pokemon, Raichu. And I have to say, thus far, waves have been made. Like, I don't know if you've heard, but Paris has recently gone from pure obscurity to most infamous pokemon in all of legends arceus it appears in almost every environment is very aggressive spits poison like crazy and is just a general menace to the player (sighs) glory be praise arceus we did it or i like to think we'd helped hard to say if as much progress has been made for raichu he has such a large shadow looming over him but they did recently print this pretty competitive raichu v card so I'll take that. But at this point in our journey to spotlight Pokemon's least favorite Pokemon, we've only been considering regular Pokemon, if you will. And yet, there's an entire another category of Pokemon. Legendary Pokemon. And with a title like Legendary, you'd think they all must be appropriately loved, right? And yet therein lies the real sadness. Because in the modern world of Pokemon, there are now 71 different legendary Pokemon, and as such, it is inevitable that some are simply going to get less attention. It may be one thing to be ignored, but is it not that much more tragic to be legendary and then also ignored? <sighs> mm, no. Today, we reveal Pokemon's least favorite legend. You dead spork. Guys, before we dive on into today's video, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Stamps.com. Because Stamps.com saves you time, and more time means more time to spend delving into the endless world of Pokemon, because there there are a lot of Pokemon, you guys. In fact, one of the things we mail out a lot of this office are Pokemon cards, in addition to all the other random merch we have to send out. So we spent a lot of time at the post office. Or should I say, spent a lot of time at the post office, because thanks to Stamps.com, we can just print official postage right here at the office from our computers. Thus, post office trips are a thing of the past. Plus, you can get special discounts at stamps.com that are not available anywhere else. Like up to 40% off USPS, up to 76% off UPS. All you need is a computer and a standard printer and you can be up and running in minutes. So stop overpaying for shipping and head over to stamps.com. And if you sign up using our promo code, SuperCarlin, you get a four week trial, free postage, and a free digital scale with no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter promo code SUPERCARLIN. One more time, Stamps.com, SUPERCARLIN. Link is in the description down below. Okay, so right out of the gate, I think we need to make some clarifications and outline our guidelines before making our final determination. First of all, we need to delineate the difference between legendary and mythical. Pokemon. Because those two phrases are tossed around somewhat interchangeably, and it's easy to see why both sets of Pokemon are rare and very powerful, but they're not the same. Mythical Pokemon are considered the rarest of all Pokemon, and in the games, this was typically reflected by only allowing you to gain access to them by attending some sort of real in-person event. That means they usually can't be obtained inside the game at all. They usually appear at the very end of the Pokedex, and within the story of the games, are often where all of the myths and legends are coming from. That doesn't mean they're always more powerful than just regular legendary Pokemon, but mythical Pokemon are a specific subset recognized by the Pokemon company. And just so there's no confusion, here is an image of every single mythical Pokemon. None of these are available for least favorite legendary in today's video. That said, it does sound like a great future video. So where does that leave us? Well, actually there are even two classes of legendary Pokemon. There's regular legendary and then sub-legendary. Like, so for example, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres are sub-legendary, where Mewtwo is just full-legendary. As far as I can tell, there's not like an obvious reason certain Pokemon fall into either category. It typically has to do with the total stat totals they have, and just the overall mascottiness, if you will, of the Pokemon. But ultimately, that doesn't matter to me. Legendary or sub-legendary, all of those Pokemon are up for consideration in today's video. I really just bring it up so that you guys don't, don't bring it up in the- that said, I do have a few exclusions to make right out of the gate. For the purposes of today's video, I will not be considering any of the Generation 8, that's the Sword and Shield games, legendary Pokemon. Namely because they're just so new that they haven't really had time to be ignored yet. Which is not to say they won't get ignored, we just don't have enough history to go off of yet. I'm also immediately cutting out all of the Ultra Beasts from Sun and Moon, because if you ask me, they're sort of their own classification altogether. Although it sounds like a good future But the Island Guardians, Solgaleo, Lunala, and Necrozma all still up for grabs. So with all of that out of the way, let's get to it. The main thing we're looking for with each legendary Pokemon is in what way has the Pokemon Company shown any given Pokemon special treatment outside of just its legendary title. And to kick things off, let's look at Generation 1, where we have four legendaries. Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, and Mewtwo. And spoilers, it's none of these. Being the Generation 1 legendaries means that they are some of the most well-known Pokemon ever. Right out of the game, Mewtwo exists in the rarefied air of like the top three most popular Pokemon of all time with Pikachu and Charizard. Mewtwo has also been the main subject of three different Pokemon movies at this point, including the very first Pokemon movie, and he has not one but two different mega evolution forms. The Legendary Birds have also been the subject of their own movie, Pokemon 2000, although admittedly Lugia does kind of steal the show, but they're there. And although we're not considering Gen 8 Pokemon for this video, we should mention that the three birds did just have new forms introduced in Gen 8, and they all look awesome. I mean, seriously, who doesn't want a black and pink flaming Dark Moltres? So let's just move right on ahead to Gen 2, where we have five more candidates. Lugia, Ho-Oh, Entei, Suicune, and Raikou. Right out of the gate, Lugia and Ho-Ho are both out. They're their own game's mascots. They appear on the box art. And both have had movies completely dedicated to them. As we mentioned, Pokemon 2000 for Lugia and Pokemon I Choose You for Ho-Ho. Additionally, Ho-Ho appears to Ash in the very first episode of the Pokemon anime ever. Ho-Ho is the Pokemon that marks Ash as like the chosen one. And it was the first gen two Pokemon revealed in the anime And it was in the first episode, like that's so cool. But then there's Raikou, Entei, and Suicune. And this is where things start to get interesting. Because Gen 2 featured a third game outside of gold and silver. Pokemon Crystal, and somehow, Suicune got chosen to be the mascot for Pokemon Crystal. Additionally, inside the game, Suicune plays a much larger role than the other two, it's constantly checking in on the player throughout your journey, and another character in the game you've seen is hunting Suicune. But to be honest, I was always confused why they chose Suicune. It seemed like Entei must be their favorite because around the same time, Entei was the star of his own movie. It's literally called Spell of the Unknown, colon, like, that's some pretty good distinction. But then there's Raikou, who instead of getting any notoriety in the games or in its own movie, got put in a straight-to-TV movie called Raikou, parentheses, The Legend of Thunder. Oh, I'm sorry, have you not heard of that one? Well, I'm not surprised because it actually only came out as a movie in Japan. In America, we still got it, but they broke it up into a three-part TV series called Pokemon Chronicles. And Pokemon Chronicles doesn't even follow Ash. Which, to be fair, in some ways, I kind of think is a good thing. But poor Raikou. I mean, forced into a sliced-up movie that doesn't even feature the main characters. (sighs) You guys, we have a front-runner. Moving on to Gen 3, though, we've got Reggie Steel, Rock, and Ice, Latios, and Latias, and of course, Rayquaza, Groudon, and Kyogre. And it's pretty easy to start knocking these out. Latios and Latias had their own movie, Pokemon Heroes, all about them, and they each have their own mega form. Then we've got the three mascot Pokemon for Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, Groudon, Kyogre, and Rayquaza, respectively. Each of whom have been given brand new forms over the years. We now have Primal Kyogre and Groudon, and Mega Rayquaza, which is really cool looking. I have to say. And that just leaves the Regis who have definitely gotten the least special treatment out of this generation. However, they haven't gotten nothing. None of them have new forms, but the Regis have seen their family grow. In Gen 4, they introduced Regigigas, the continent Pokemon who can only first be caught by catching the other three, which is a pretty fun and unique quest. Then just recently in Gen 8, they also had Regilecki and Regidraco join the crew. So yeah, I don't think any of those are worse than Raikou, which brings us to Gen 4. Gen 4 has the Lake Trio, Uxie, Mesprit, and Azelf, then Heatran and Cresselia, and of course the game mascots, Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina. Dialga and Palkia are the mascots of Diamond and Pearl, plus they each just got new forms in Legends of Arceus, so they're out. Then Giratina, also the mascot of Platinum, has multiple forms already, Origin and Alternate, and has an entire movie about it. So yeah, it's out. And that just leaves us with the Lake Trio, and it has to be said, they haven't gotten a lot of special treats. Neither combined or individually do any of them have a movie dedicated to them, but at the very least, they are part of the main series anime and do have a very dedicated arc where each of them forms a spiritual connection with the main characters. Uxie with Brock, Azov with Ash, and Mesprit with Dawn. Plus, they're all very catchable in their games, unlike Raikou who's just like roaming around the map most of the time, making it really hard to add them to your team, so... I think Raikou's still the leader. But maybe not for long, because now we have to talk about Cresselia and Heatran. Cresselia, the crescent moon Pokemon, is part of the lunar duo along with Darkrai, which if you ask me is kind of sad because Darkrai is considered a mythical Pokemon and Cresselia is not. Darkrai also got its entire own movie while Cresselia has had like two appearances in the show. Ugh. But then there's also Heatran. Heatran's not part of a duo or a trio or anything. It's just itself. But it might be doing a little better than Cresselia. It doesn't have a movie dedicated to it, but it does have a major appearance in a movie and a major appearance in a show. And it is uniquely, to this day, the only fire-steel type Pokemon, so that's cool. But I'm not ruling anything out just yet. Raikou, Cresselia, Heatran, they're at the top of our list. Moving on to Gen 5 though, we have three big trios, the Swords of Justice, the Forces of Nature, and the Tau Trio. The Tau Trio involves the game mascots for black and white, Zekrom and Reshiram, who can each feud with the third member of the trio, Kyurem, to turn into like giant fusion crazy looking Pokemon, so yeah, they're all out, that's all really cool. Not to mention, Reshiram and Zekrom had a really cool movie gimmick, where depending on which one you watched, Victini and the white hero, or Victini and the Black Hero, one of them would be good and one of them would be bad. Sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure. Kyurem also had a movie about it where it is the villain to the Swords of Justice, Terrakion, Virizion, and Cobalion. So we can wipe all of those guys off the list as well. Then there are the Forces of Nature or the Genie Pokemon as you probably know them. This is Landorus, Thunderous, and Tornadus. And while they don't have a movie about them or anything, they have received some special treatment in the games in that they all have alternate forms. Plus, on top of that, very similar to the Regis, they just had a new family member added to the group with Enamorous in Gen 8. So wow, Gen 5 actually did a really good job covering its faces. Well done. Then gen six actually has a really short list. It's just X, Y, Z, Xerneas, Eveltal, and Zygarde. Xerneas and Eveltal are already the game mascots, which right there is enough special treatment. And while they never made a Z version for Zygarde, it still got its due one generation later in Sun and Moon, where it got introduced with alternate forms. It was actually really cool. It was like a scavenger hunt all around the map. And the more Zygarde cells you collected, the bigger your Zygarde Pokemon grew. So you ended up with like 10% 50% 50%, and then if you got all 100, you got this insane looking Megazord Zygarde, and I love it. Which brings us to our final generation for consideration, Gen 7. As I said, I'm already cutting the Ultra Beasts because I feel like they're their own category of Pokemon altogether. But if you're really concerned, don't worry, they still get more attention than our top three. That said, Sovali, the four island guardians, Tapu koko Lili, Fifi, and Bulu, plus Solgaleo, Lunala, and Necrozma are all still in play. Now, predictably, Solgaleo and Lunala are out of contention. They're the game mascots and each of them confused with Necrozma, which makes it out too. I mean, besides that and it being like the big final boss and having its own ultimate form and everything. getting yeah, Necrozma's out. As for the other five, though, well, none of them had any movies or anything based around them, but Gen 7 was sort of a weird generation in that regard because it didn't have any Alolan-themed movies. Instead, they just went back to Johto and Kanto and had a Ho-Oh-Themed movie and a Lugia themed movie. But here's the thing. They They didn't need movies because the sun and moon anime is awesome. Because they had so many ultra beasts they needed to cover, they could just make them the Pokemon of the week each week. And since the Ultra Beasts are causing such big problems around the Alolan Islands, the Island Guardians got tons of screen time. I mean, each of them has at least seven episodes worth of appearances, which is not to say there isn't favoritism among the Guardians. Like Tapu Koko is high away the, the Pokemon Company's favorite. It gets this giant yellow monster form. It chooses Ash as like the Chosen One of Alola. But that just leaves us with Type Null slash Silvalli. And again, it gets tons of screen time and is the ace Pokemon of Ash's rival in this region, Gladion. Plus, it just has some of the coolest lore behind it. It's never really confirmed in the games, but it's pretty clear that the Aether Foundation is trying to artificially recreate Arceus. So Valley looks a lot like Arceus and has a very similar mechanic where you can change its type based on the different disc it's holding. But that's actually the whole list, which brings us back to our big bottom three, Raikou, Heatran, and Cresselia. But which one is the most bottom? And I am not gonna lie, it was really hard to narrow in on exactly which one the Pokemon company has ignored the most. So I had to approach it from many different angles. First, I tried to consider which of these three was the most available in the main series game, meaning you could catch it in the game without having to transfer it in or trade it over or buy something extra. Now, Raikou has obviously been around two generations longer, so it did have that working for it, but in those earlier generations, it's a roaming Pokemon. So it's really hard to run into. And in one of those games, Fire, Red, Leaf, Green, it's actually only a roaming Pokemon available to you if you chose Squirtle as your starter way back at the beginning of the game. But if you start right at Gen 4, it's pretty even, other than that you can't catch Raikou at all in Black and White or Black and White 2 or in Legends Arceus. Of the three, Heatran is probably the most accessible. It has the exact same number of game appearances as Cresselia does, except that in their first game, Cresselia is a roaming Pokemon, making it a little bit harder to catch. Next, I moved over to the Pokemon Trading Card game, where Raikou has had an impressive 21 cards printed for it. Now again, it has been around longer, but nonetheless, Heatran puts up a pretty good fight. It just had 18 different cards printed for it. But then there's Cresselia, who to date has only been printed on 10 different cards. Like, that's less than Paris. Anime-wise, both Raikou and Heatran have at least had major anime appearances. Like, they're not the main focus of the movie, but they have had big appearances in the movies. Cresselia... Not the case. I also decided to look at the merch available on PokemonCenter.com to see if you wanted to support these Pokemon, how how well you even could. And this is where who the real loser was began to sink in because for Raikou, there was five dedicated items. They're all sold out, but they are still listed. Heatran had two items. And then there's poor Cresselia who has just a single plush listed and you can't even buy it. And here's where all the pieces really started falling into place. Because don't forget what I said earlier. Cresselia is part of a duo with Darkrai. But Darkrai is mythical, and for some reason they couldn't do that for Cresselia. Plus, as if that wasn't enough, Pokemon then had the audacity to create another moon-themed legendary Pokemon, Lunala, and make it the mascot Pokemon for Pokemon Moon. I mean, can you just imagine poor Cresselia finding out they're making a moon-themed Pokemon game? game and then finding out that you, the original legendary moon Pokemon, are not available to catch in that game until the expansion? And like, what's so odd is that Pokemon loves moon-themed Pokemon. You've got Umbreon, Ursaluna, Lunala, Lunatone, Dustox, Clefairy. You've got Pokemon that only evolve by touching moon stones. And yet, your first moon themed legendary gets the least attention of any legendary? (sighs) I mean, honestly, I doubt Cresselia would even make the top of a moon-themed Pokemon list at this point. But don't you worry, Cresselia, because we see you. We know that even though you are only the crescent of the moon, that you shine bright. You are overlooked no more. We want Pokemon Legends Cresselia. Or like Mew, that'd be pretty cool. Or Deoxys, oh my God. No, stay focused. Cresselia, we must spread the word. Because honestly, look at Cresselia's design. This is such a cool looking Pokemon. Help us spread the word and shine a light upon this forgotten Pokemon. Share this video, hashtag we love Cresselia but there you go guys that is pokemon's least favorite legendary pokemon if there's another category of pokemon you'd like us to tackle to find out which one pokemon likes the least let us know in the towel section down below also also actually actually going back to the merch i learned that you can actually buy the Cresselia plushie on amazon from pokemon for 25 dollars, and i was like you know what that's kind of expensive but it looks really good so i'm gonna do it and it arrived and check this out it's so little i mean it's adorable there's no doubt, but I don't know if I thought this was worth $25, and I'm going to be honest. It's kind of top-heavy, like it doesn't sit very well, but that's okay. Don't hold it against you. You're going to live on the set forever. Aww. But guys, thanks as always for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already, and subscribe so you don't miss any future Pokemon action from us. In fact, if you want some more Pokemon action, right now we just launched a brand new series over on the gaming channel where we're playing through a Nuzlocke of Legends Arceus. It is, hands down, going to be the hardest Nuzlocke I've ever done. The first episode is already up. The second episode is coming out tomorrow if you wanna go check it out. It is not too late to join in from the beginning. That playlist is right here. Also, if you wanna see Pokemon's other least favorite Pokemon, you can check out this video right here. But otherwise, until next time, bye! Hello and welcome everyone to the first exciting episode of what promises to be the most difficult Nuzlocke I've ever done. What? I don't like that one bit. Oh, we got it. Yes. Ah, oh, that's so exciting. <gasps> ah, look how much damage. Oh, I'm so nervous. Do we risk fighting an alpha? No. Uh, 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 uh. Decisions. <laughs> this is gonna be So hard, you guys.